Hello, and welcome back to Crimax. This week's episode, we'll be covering the 1982 Tylenol murders. I'm going to hand it over to my partner in crime here for a deeper synopsis. Oh, well, thank you. And when you say partner in crime, I'm like, are we actually doing crimes together, sir? Bonnie and Clyde, baby. Bonnie and Clyde. I'm not trying to get shot up. I want a pretty corpse. Yeah. Technology's <laughs> better. We'll, we'll, we'll make it okay. up. Thank you. Thank you. But today we are covering the case of the 1982 Tylenol murders, which I feel like a lot of people have heard of. But in case you haven't, there was reasons why seals are now on bottles and pills. Actually, I didn't know this before researching this case, but... The U.S. is primarily the only country that always sells their pills in bottle form. Everyone else has like a packet of tablets, like you would get like a Benadryl in. But, you know, the U.S. does pills in bottles and they were tampered with one day. And we're going to talk about the deaths as well as the unsolved person behind the crime. And also, we were going to cover the Girl Scout murders today. And I'm so glad you didn't pick that because it was just covered by the murder squad. And I'm not trying to compete with them. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to do the Tylenol murders. If you've heard of this case, maybe learn something new. And if you haven't, maybe you'll be wary of the medicine and stuff. I don't know. What's our, what's our fun fact? Well, first off, America, we're all about quali- uh, quantity, not quality anymore. So of course, we're going to take mass produced pills and just put them in a bottle. Yeah. Instead of making an individual small package, you're like, here's a whole bottle of 60 pills at once. Yeah. I appreciate that convenience. I hate right. popping pills out of a little tablet thing. I hate it. What? No, you just rather pop pills right out of the bottle. Oh, shush. <laughs> <laughs> I am that person, though. If I feel bad at all, I'm like, I'm going to take something. Yeah. All right. So in dealing with today's case, we're going to have some fun facts actually about cyanide. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> Some of them, or at least a few of them might be kind of common, but some of them actually kind of jumped out to me. So, of course, the very first one is that cyanide is one of the most common chemicals in the world. It's in just about everything from, you know, common paints to uh, certain adhesives, even the, the dye in your jeans, right? There's some form of cyanide actually in there. Not mine. I don't wear jeans. No, no, you do not. <laughs> some of the ones that are less commonly known, at least to me anyways, is that cigarette smoke contains cyanide as well. A little bit, trace amounts. I didn't know that. I knew it had like formaldehyde in it and stuff. Oh yeah, cigarette smoke. That's why normally when I used to smoke, like I do cigars or at worst black and milds. Cause even then it's still straight tobacco. That's disgusting. I, I never did cigarettes. Blah. There's way too many chemicals in it. I'm glad you don't smoke cigars cause I would not be in this relationship with you. Yeah. I mean, if you do it when you drink, I feel like that's different, but like just smoke all the time. Oh, I didn't do it all the time. I didn't do it all the time. Blech. It was either uh, it was either when I was drinking or when I was hanging out with, with uh, a few friends or more so in the military when we were out in the field and there was nothing to do. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. The time. Also, like, vaping is better, right? But you're still no, breathing in chemicals for yourself. And this might be gross, but uh, dealing with men who have vaped, they typically spit a lot. So vaping, either way, your lungs aren't meant to inhale. So what vapor, vaping does is it reduces it into an to, oil, right? Well, to a little bit of an oil as well as kind of like a... A moisture, like a kind of like a fog, basically, but it's still moisture, so it still does damage. And actually, what it does is it actually turns your lungs into like a spongy material. Ew. Yeah. As well as a lot of the older, like uh, vape boxes and stuff, the ones that have the old metal coil in it. Yeah. Those metals, that metal coil actually breaks down over time, so you actually inhale some of that lead on that coil. New, oh. <laughs> newer coils are actually worse than worn-in ones. 
But yeah, those those coils break down and you actually release some of that metal as you breathe in. Hey, at least it doesn't smell bad. I'll take so it's, that. It's, vaping is just as bad, if not worse for you. I mean, at least it doesn't smell uh, bad. <laughs> one of my favorite ones, actually, is I did a high school project on this. And I actually did a research paper on in my senior year about this in my... I believe it was my forensics and anatomy class. I can't believe you had that fancy class. We never had any cool it, classes. Trust me, it wasn't fancy. Um, having fancy classes, we didn't even have anatomy. We didn't even have geography. We had no fancy classes. Geography is... We never had that class. Is like a, a nationwide standard. We never had that. I never so took that So what math ever. did you take? What math? Yeah. Like What math geometry? did you take in... Geography? What? Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Okay, no, yeah, my bad. Oh, man, I got that mixed up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I took geography. I bombed the crap out of it. It was great. <laughs> I think no, I, we didn't have any fancy classes. Oh, yeah, yeah. The only thing I ever wanted in high school was like, please let there one day be an anatomy class, and I never was. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. It was fun, too, because I got to dissect a shark for a class I wasn't even in. So, the last fact is that a lethal dose of cyanide is contained in about 3.7 pounds of lima beans. Is that cleaned lima beans or raw lima beans or it's, what? It's, with, it's inside of it. So if I eat three cans of lima beans. So if you love lima beans. Who doesn't? Preferably keep it below three and a half pounds. Does that count for baby lima beans too? I don't know. Okay. Probably not. <laughs> okay. That's so <laughs> weird though. Like, lima beans are good. They should not be vicious and scary. Yep. So if you ever want to kill somebody using cyanide, get it with the beans. There's easier ways to do that. But <laughs> like uh, this case today, there's like 263 copycat deaths after this because people thought it was a good idea you know like a lot of wives killing their husband and poisoning him and stuff because you know there's something about women that like to poison things you know i mean i shouldn't be saying this talking to you but like it is a thing so i don't know you ready in today's case if you're gonna poison me what do it right and use like something like potassium iodine you can make it from here it's odorless tasteless and untraceable because it dissolves in fat honey you are too hard to kill i feel like you would survive (laughs) some crazy shit and I don't have the effort in me to kill you. I mean, when it comes to something physical, yeah, that, that's been fairly tested. <laughs> I mean, you have the scars to prove this, but no, I, I don't have the effort in me to kill someone. I feel like I would. I stress out too much about regular life. I couldn't stress out about that pressure. All right, so today we're talking about the Tylenol murders that happened in the Chicago area of, in September and October of 1982. There oh, was, good. Thank God. Finally, one that isn't in California or Texas. I mean, you're not wrong, but <laughs> we had a lot of Texas ones there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, this one is in Chicago, Illinois area, and there were seven deaths. And like I said, there was like 200 and something copycat murders after this. And then this is also referred to as the first case of domestic terrorism in the U.S. Now, this murder case did lead to the seals that you see on bottles nowadays and also like the childproof hard open caps. They had like a form of childproof caps, but it was really easy to open back then. So now you have like little seals that are like, if you're tampered with, don't eat this, which should have been common sense. And this should have been a thing from the get go. But it used to be just like an easy to open bottle with some cotton inside. And that was it. I'm a real. Oh, I'm not that old. So, you know. <laughs> I say that like we're not almost the same age. Um, But also, these used to be capsules. So, I mean, I I think it's pretty straightforward what a capsule is. But in case you don't know, a capsule is basically like a 
gel form that happens to be two pieces and then you could just open it up and pour the stuff out if you wanted to. Honestly, nowadays it seems like most gel capsules are prescription. Well, they're not gel forms. What it is, is it's a type, well, it is a type of gel, but gel. more so it's like a plastic. It's just a plastic that's dissolvable. Your stomach acid dissolves it. A gel is just a soft plastic. No, no. Well, what I'm saying is, because here I'm thinking you're getting, conf or get, I'm getting them confused with like the actual gel pills. No, not, they don't have liquid gels back then. Yeah. But they had the jelly like capsule thing so that it would dissolve they faster. They weren't even gel. It was like straight up plastic. Okay. I know because I used to take them apart. And I'm like, these are straight up plastic. I mean, I've taken some apart too, but like, yeah. but they were the gel-ish like capsules so they would dissolve and work faster in your stomach. It used to be only aspirin available before Tylenol came out. And then Tylenol came out and everybody's like, this cures anything. You have any issue, take it. Anyways, I'm going to tell this story like everyone else has because I've seen this a million different places and they all kind of just tell it in order of how things took place. So I'm going to do the same. So on September 29th, 1982, Mary Kellerman, who was 12 years old, didn't feel well. She had a headache and a runny nose. So she likes cold-like symptoms very early in the morning, probably around 4 a.m. Her parents, specifically her dad, gave her a couple of Tylenol and sent her back to bed. It was like, okay, you're not going to go to school in the morning. You'll be fine. Just go back to bed. Here's some Tylenol. Around 7 a.m., when the parents woke up, they found Mary in the bathroom floor. They heard a thud originally when she was going back to bed, but they found Mary on the bathroom floor barely breathing, and at 10 a.m. at the hospital, she passes away. The doctors assumed at the time it was like a heart attack or a stroke. How old was she? 12. Yeah, it wasn't a heart attack. No, clearly You're not. Too young for so a heart weird. attack or a stroke. Well, technically, you can get a heart attack that young. You but can, but it's... Yeah. And also, it was, they were like, oh, this must have been natural causes. Don't have any reason for suspicion. No investigation. Um, excuse me? She's 12. Is this when cyanide w like was like first discovered? No. This they, is the 80s. I don't know when cyanide was discovered. Uh, I'm not a history person. Or I don't know when cyanide was discovered. Tylenol was first made in the 40s. So I don't, I don't know when cyanide was discovered. I feel like it was forever ago. You know, that's one of those points. They clearly did not apparently have any tests or anything like they didn't, that. They it. didn't run an autopsy. They had ordered an autopsy, like, eventually, just to find out what the root cause of death was. There wasn't any investigation. There wasn't any suspicion about why she died. Which is weird to me, because she's 12. Now, still September 29th, 1982, Adam Janus was 27 years old. He had a sore shoulder. It was his anniversary with his wife, so... He went to the store, bought her some flowers, bought some steaks for dinner that day, had lunch with her, and then he decided to take a nap because he had a sore shoulder. He took a few Tylenol and laid down. His wife came in the room a few minutes later just to find him unresponsive and she couldn't wake him up. He was barely breathing, so she called the ambulance and he lived until he got to the hospital. They did not have the technology to keep him alive at the time, which was really suspicious. They're like, usually someone comes in, you're dying or can't breathe, we can get him to resuscitate and they couldn't get him to live. So he died at the hospital with eight family members around him. After that, all the family members went back to his house to like grieve and do their whole thing. I think that's weird that people like go together and grieve after something. Go home. I don't want to go home. All I know is I'd be pissed. I mean, you have like a, a fever or hey, a hurt, a hurt shoulder, yeah. right? Take a little bit of Tylenol, next thing you know, you're dead. Yeah. I'd be pissed. Wouldn't you? Like, that's so anticlimactic of a death. Like, he worked at a post office, so he probably was, like, hauling packages all day, got a sore shoulder, and it ended up killing him, inevitably. Yeah, yeah that sucks. Um, but all the family members met, went back to the house to mourn. Do you think that's odd? I feel like that's weird. I don't want to sit around a mourning circle. I just want to go home, deal yeah. with myself. Because that's, that's one of the, the... Like, I get someone would stay with the wife so she's not alone, right? Yeah. But I don't think eight family members would just hang around his house. It's weird to me. But I've heard about people doing it a lot, so maybe it's not weird. Maybe I'm just not an emotionally attached person, you know? Yeah. 
all eight family members of this family ended up taking some medicine that day just to help with their grief. They were stressed out. They were like having headaches and stuff from crying. I get that. So they all decided to take medicine. Six of the oldest adults took aspirin and the two youngest members took Tylenol, which they were 25 and 19. It was Adam's brother and his wife, Teresa. They both died shortly after this incident. She died two days later. He died the day after this happened, but they all went to the same hospital that Adam originally died at because they were close to this hospital. And, like, it was weird. Like, he passed out, his wife called the hospital, called an ambulance, and then she was on the scene dying the same time they were getting him out. And they were, like, all linked together. So, like, okay, three family members from this family have died in the same day. Something's up. Obviously, I would, personally, I would think, like, okay, something, carbon monoxide or food poisoning or something, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have plenty of suspicions but i'd have to go off of with you know their symptoms for the first with that that would be the first indication is just their symptoms and at that point i would try and you know follow their routine like what 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 do they all have in common what all did they do okay you're very smart that's exactly what they did to investigate putting things together honey you're doing well that's just common sense okay i know but like i just automatically was like okay if i thought this i'd be like carbon monoxide food poisoning Anyways, so they called, like, their head nurse, Nurse Helen Jensen. She came from her house. She, like, left her dinner and was like, okay, we need to find out the root cause of why these people are dying. They called her in, and they went to the Janison's house to put the police together. So, only things that the family had done together besides see Adam die earlier that day was they all had coffee and some peaches, and they all took medicine. So they took the medicine, they took the peaches, they took coffee and everything to get tested. And eventually they put like the Tylenol bottles in their hand. Dr. Kim was the preceding doctor over this case who saw all three of these people die. So when he got the evidence back, he poured the pills into his hand and gave them a sniff to see if he could smell for any contamination. He didn't smell anything at the time. So he put the bottle, like everything back in the bottle. It was only mixing, missing six capsules. Three adults, your average dose is two pills, so you think that's probably what they took that day? So they sent the thing off for investigation. They got the pill bottle from the original girl, Mary Kellerman's house, because the ambulance had took the medicine with them just in case that had something to do with it. So they were pretty smart. The ambulance people were pretty smart about that. But they took both of them for analysis, and it did prove there was cyanide-laced pills. They only knew there was cyanide in them because the investigator that came to collect the evidence and take a look into this case could smell the smell of almonds on the pills. That's why they went and did a testing on it. The smell of almonds is what cyanide smells like. They say only 40% of the population can smell it. I personally cannot smell almonds. Can you smell almonds? I don't know. Where the heck? How do you learn this stuff? What do you mean? I, I mean, it's part of the case that almonds is what cyanide smells like. So you're just going to go out and be like, huh, I wonder if I could smell it. So you just grab a nut and start smelling it. I mean, do you know the smell of almonds or are you not? Because I kind of do. I don't know. But I can't smell almonds just like offhand. I don't know. I've never really paid enough attention to be like, huh, this nut smells. Do you know what peanuts smell like? Because I know what peanuts smell like. Not off the top of my head, no. You can't like think of a baseball game thing like, ooh, peanuts. No. Do you know what cashew smell like? Because I know what cashews smell like. I don't go around smelling nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> and even if I do, it's not like I'm going to be like, hmm, I'm going to remember this smell. Okay. Well, you're old and you've probably eaten a lot of protein in your day. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, okay, 40% of the population can smell cyanide. That's it. All right. Is that, is that good enough fact for you? Without now I want to go out and smell nuts. That's just inappropriate. And I don't approve of this behavior. <laughs> So blood tests 
from the victims did prove they were poisoned with cyanide. Their blood was actually, like, questioned at first because it had 10,000 times the legal dosage to kill a human being in their blood. So they had ingested a ton of it, which is, you know, problematic. For one, they're definitely going to die from that. There's, like, no chance these people were going to live, unfortunately, even though the wife, Teresa, did survive for three days, which is impressive. So now they had a culprit for this crime they had put together within 24 hours of this crime starting that the cyanide in Tylenol capsules was the cause of this. And I feel like that's a really fast response time to figure out the crime. I feel like that's pretty smart, putting it all together at one time. Well, yeah, once you figure out and I, once you have it, something like that, then yeah. I, mean. I feel like they got lucky, though, putting it together because some people wouldn't know. Like, if I took a bunch of pills one day, you probably wouldn't know. Like, to put it together, these people took medicine, the same medicine? Nowadays, I feel like it would be a lot easier. You think so? I think it's hard to figure out what people would, like, do. Baby, if I found you killed over out of nowhere, that's probably the first thing I'm going to test. Okay, first of all, that's rude. You act like I'm a pill popper or something. No, I'm just saying. No, what? Well, I'm just saying. You're just going to assume I took medicine? Well, yeah. You're not going to assume someone murdered me? Well, it depends on the sign. Well, first, okay. My bad. My first thing is I'm going to examine. But if you're killed over foaming out the mouth... You're going to think I overdosed on something? Or, no, not necessarily. For, like them, it could be something that's laced. Look, here's how you know I was murdered, okay? (laughs) If I died and I was not wearing lashes, you know someone killed me. (laughs) Pretty corpse. Pretty corpse. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways... So this all happened on September 29th, and by September 30th, they had known what the case was all about. Now, the same day everything else started, Mary McFarlane was at work. She had a headache, so she decided to go to the back room, pull out her purse, and get some Tylenol pills, and she collapsed in a few minutes. Now, another Mary, the same day, Mary Rayner wasn't feeling too well. She had just given birth to her fourth child a week beforehand, and she took some Tylenol uh, after going grocery shopping, and uh, she died too. On September 30th. Now, I think it's weird they're both named Mary, but you know, I feel like it's a way more common name back than it is now. What if you get killed for your lashes? I get killed for my lashes? That is an impressive lashes, honey. Yeah. Or if they're like, they're just like, oh, you're dead, and they just take your lashes. I'm over here telling you that two women died, and you're still thinking about my lashes? Yeah. My lashes have that much of an impact on you, honey? No, they have much of an impact on you. They do. I don't like going to the grocery store without lashes on. <laughs> you, don't, you don't like going outside to get the mail. Okay, first of all, that's true. I don't want people to see me. You, you already know I have incidents with people outside. Like, do you need help? And I'm, like, not taking it very well. I always feel like someone's going to kidnap me, which is why there's a true crime saying, be rude, be weird, stay alive. You be rude to strangers, you stay alive. Like, don't be rude well, to everyone. just carry. Okay, I guess, but, like, don't be rude to everybody. But if someone's giving you a weird vibe, you don't have to be nice to them. Was he giving you a weird vibe? Yeah, he was. Do you need some help? I didn't ask for any help. That's the point. I don't need some man rolling up in a truck next to me against a little mailbox thing so I can't get out and then asking if I need help. I don't need that Maybe pressure in my life. you can't get out. You could have went left or right. Okay, no, I could have went forward to the dumpster or backwards. Like, it is not... That's I don't want I'm some weird thinking. man riding up on me asking if I need help. He could just throw me in the back of that truck and I'd be dead. I doubt it. I gotta be wary of all situations, Okay. You would be a good sidekick to McGruff the crime dog. <laughs> Why am I a sidekick to a dog? I don't know. You could just go around and just, just, you know, tell people how to survive. Don't trust anyone or anything. Yeah, but you don't have to be a dick about it. Okay. Yeah, well, don't roll up on me asking if I need help. I didn't ask for your help. Did it look like you were having problems? 
I was having fun. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? The thing, he's rolled up to me so fast that it was like really suspicious. Okay? I don't trust anyone. <laughs> now, after both women named Mary had died, they died in separate hospitals, so they didn't actually put these things together originally. Like I said, one woman had a headache, so that been a cause. The other one had just given birth, so maybe there was complications from that. They didn't put it together right away. Now, another woman named Paula Prince had just gotten off work. She was a flight attendant, so she just gotten off a flight and headed home to her apartment. She stopped at a Walgreens to grab some Tylenol. Maybe she was feeling disoriented from the flight or something, but she had just taken some Tylenol that night. She had it on a nightstand. It was still open, and she was walking to the bathroom to take her makeup off, presumably, and she didn't make it quite to the bathroom. She was found... Two days later, in her apartment, collapsed on the floor and deceased. Now, they only found her body because she had missed work. She missed a flight and missed dinner with her sister the day before, which is why it took him two days to find her. But at least that wasn't too, too long, you know? And also, the last thing we know about Paula is that she was seen on camera in the drugstore in Walgreens. And there was a man seen staring at her as she's buying the Tylenol. This man has not been identified. It's just a white guy with a scruffy beard. But I feel like that fits a lot of people in the 80s. <laughs> or you, honey. <laughs> um, but this guy's never been identified. And he was just watching her as she was buying it. Whether he had, like, contaminated it and he was still in the store, like, seeing who's going to buy it. Or if it was just some random guy creeping on her because she was attractive. Who knows? Now, Paula Prince is the last victim I have to talk about today. Thankfully, there wasn't, like, there was only seven victims, which is still a lot of people. But they got on top of this right away and they ended up, like getting in contact with Johnson & Johnson, who was the manufacturer of the Tylenol. Johnson & Johnson, I think of, like, I think of, like, baby shampoo. What do you think of? Baby shampoo. Yeah, that's what I think of. No more tears, lying assholes. I know they're, like, whoa, okay. <laughs> I know there's, like, seven giant, like, them in General Mills are, like, they make everything. We just don't know about it. Yeah. So Johnson & Johnson did own Tylenol at the time, and they met with the medical examiner in charge of this case. Like, they sent a representative to talk to the medical examiner and see what was going on. And the investigation they did, did find out that it was not production that had caused this issue. Like, it wasn't someone in the factory tampering with things. They interviewed a ton of employees. They also, like, did samples from the same batch numbers as the bottles they collected from the victims. And there was nothing in there that, you know, said that happened in the process. So, obviously, someone in store was doing this and contaminating the bottles. Like, they had taken the bottles from in the store, taken them home, filled the capsules with something different, and then placed them back on the store shelves. Cyanide will degrade the little jelly capsules, whether you want to call it gel or plastic. We're not fighting about this today. <laughs> but it will degrade it over time. So within two days, you can start to see deterioration inside the gel capsule from the cyanide. So obviously, these had just been put in there because it wasn't degrading very much in the pill capsules they found from the victims. It is possible that this had just been done. That's why all these people had just purchased the Tylenol. So they went ahead and let the press know about this because it was a public safety issue. So the customers were instructed to contact authorities if their pill looked suspicious or return them to the store for a refund that they bought it from and then the store would take it to the authorities for them. I think that's weird, just call the cops, your pills look contaminated. Also something weird that I kept hearing when I was researching this case is like, everyone heard that the Tylenols tampered with, not all of them obviously, not all the pills, but people kept calling like blowing up the 911 calls, like medical emergencies, like they were like, I took it. Am I dying? And they kept telling them, if you are calling us, you did not consume it because you would not be able to with that level of cyanide in your system. You would be dead before you called. Like it's a weird thing to tell somebody if they think they're dying, like you would have been dead already. Yeah. If you're fielding a bunch of calls though, like that, after a while, you're going to stop caring about pleasantries. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're calling, you did not get 10,000 levels of cyanide in your system. Now, Johnson & Johnson handled this case very well. Like, they even teach it in business school sometimes is, like, how to handle a public crisis, you know, like a PR nightmare. So they even offered anyone who wanted to turn in their pills, if they thought their pills were contaminated or not, if they want to turn those pills in, they can get them exchanged for hard pills, like a hard solid pill that we have today. Mostly, we don't have gel capsules as much anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so you can get them exchanged for hard pills, which was good because even if you bought it, you would still have a product. You wouldn't just lose your money for it. Even though Johnson & Johnson lost a total of $100 million, I translated that to today's money and it equals $265 million. They lost that much money from this crisis, which good for them for, you know, doing that and getting it out. Like they originally had just like taken the pill bottle numbers from the victims and recalled those bottles. And they figured out that it wasn't just in Chicago, somewhere in Florida. So they went ahead and recalled all Tylenol nationwide. And that's why I lost so much money. Also, all the Tylenol was already like off the store shelves and not sold anywhere in the U.S. by October 5th. Remember this happened on September 29th. So that's a really fast turnaround for it to be gone everywhere. On October 4th, an ordinance was ordered all over the counter drugs have to have seals or tamper-proof packaging. So that's why we have tamper-proof packaging today. Like on the 4th, just a couple days after this started, they were ahead and put an ordinance like you have to have something over your product to make sure no one's contaminating it in the stores or in the shelves. And on October 6th, a $1 million ransom letter was sent to stop the murders. Like someone was like, hey, give us a million dollars, send us this bank account, and we'll stop murdering people with your medicine. And they went ahead and traced that letter back because the guy who did it wasn't very smart. He was a career criminal and the fingerprints on the letter linked it back to him. His name was James Lewis and the letter had his fingerprints on it and the bank account that had been written on the ransom letter wasn't even a working bank account. It was an old bank account of his wife's boss. Would you like to go ahead and speculate as to why he would write a ransom letter to his wife's boss bank account? Cheating. So he like made advances on his wife and he wasn't happy about it. Um, so he tried to frame him for murders and extortion. Um, but that didn't really work because again, the dude had his fingerprints on it and he admitted to writing the letter. You should probably find a new career. Yeah, yeah, probably just, a, you know. But anyways, uh, James Lewis is the guy most people think did this crime because he did write this ransom letter. I don't buy it personally. He's just a crook who tried to frame someone for murder, but. Anyways, he was charged with extortion for this crime of trying to get Johnson & Johnson's money. He did serve 13 years in prison. He's been out ever since. And honestly, other than everything being recalled and only seven murders, that's all the information I have for you. It was never solved. Like, some people think it was this guy. I don't buy that. It had to have been multiple people. Multiple people? To just take pill capsules from the shelves and, like, put different stuff inside? Well, yeah, because you got them across multiple states. Well, it was just... Yeah, yeah. That's the only the only other way that it could have been distributed that way well, honey, is if somebody in manufacturing did. No, it wasn't the uh, the cyanide wasn't in multiple states. Cyanide was only in Chicago. The batch numbers of the boxes were also in Florida. Oh, okay. okay so okay. like the different factories had sent oh. the same batch. They thought it was in the same yeah, batch, yeah. but yeah. It well, at that so point, much. you'd have to narrow it down to the uh, the area. Well, how hard do you think in the eighties it was to get cyanide? Not hard, apparently. Apparently not. Well, if it's a new thing, then yeah, it wouldn't have had any regulation on it. It wasn't a new thing, though. Cyanide's been around forever. Obviously, it wasn't on the radar radar enough that, you know, the, the doctors tested for it. Yeah, I mean, the hospital that they originally, like, the family members that were all killed together went to had never done, like, blood tests for poisoning before. That's why they sent it off to a separate lab. And sometimes you do. Yeah, sometimes you do yeah that. but they had never done one before. They didn't know how to do that, so they called and was like, can you do this? And, like, found a place that could. 
Um, so it's not a common thing. But the thing about what's strange about this case is the victims are random. Most of the time, I'd say 95% of the time in a crime, there's some connection between the victim and the perpetrator. It's like a personal thing. No. No, genuinely. Like, that's the ratings. Like, that's actual the statistics. Well, yeah, but in this type of case, no way that, that that's what I'm saying. This random. makes I know, but that's what makes this an outlier is that it is random. I'm just saying traditionally, they, there's some connection between the victim and the murderer. This case, there's not, which makes it impossible to solve. Yeah. Unless you like a deathbed confession or something. Well, rule number one, never murder someone you know. Now, the only, there's like two suspects that I will mention other than this guy who had written the ransom letter, which I don't buy, but you know, he did get prison time. So some people think it could have been the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. Do you know who the Unabomber is? Do you know who he did? It's a big step up. No, no, it's not. I would say, I mean, technically, he did the Unabombing after this. It was the 90s thing. Unabomber was way more complex than tampering pill bottles. That's what I'm saying. That's a big step up if he was if he can't tamper the pill bottle. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what Ted Kaczynski did? You know what the Unabomber did? He would send packages in the mail and they would yeah, blow yeah, yeah, up yeah, on yeah. specific people. He would leave notes that were, like, misleading and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he only got caught because... That's what I'm saying. That's a big escalation. Because a relative had recognized something he wrote. It's like, oh, Ted might have written that. That's, you know, like, other suspect. There's also this crazy woman who was, like, always trying to poison the neighborhood kids and poison people she knew. And she just had mental issues, so that's why I'm not going into her as a suspect. But... She never went, like, cyanide, typically, like, really well-placed drugs or anything. But, like, the Unabomber's parents did live in Chicago, so that's always been seen as, like, a he-was-in-the-area type deal. But it was, like, ten years beforehand. So, what do you think? Because, honestly, I lean towards more, like, the Black Dahlia, Jack the Ripper deal, where it's, like, some rich guy didn't like people, and then he didn't need the fame of the publicity of it, so he just did it silently. Well, typically, if someone has a lot of... I highly doubt that it was the Unabomber. Well, I do Because, yeah. I mean, I doubt that as well. He would have have escalated it, but he would have stuck to the same basic thing. He would have used cyanide. Not necessarily. It's in a 10-year gap. Yeah, but his his whole thing completely changed. But it's also... I mean, if you find something that, like... So, if you do something and you get away with it, and it works, and you get away with it... Sure, you might escalate it, but you're going to still use the same base principle. Yeah, I get that. But I do lean towards more like, again, like this at the Black Dahlia thing where someone already has Maybe. status. Like they're a doctor. They already have notability. They don't need attention from this crime. So they just do it to do it. That's what I lean towards. Yeah. I just think that somebody did it just to do it. But it's typically not someone who has a very boring life because then they want like the Zodiac. Like they want to be in the newspapers. They want to be known for it. They want to lead the police on in a yeah. chase. If they already have, like, an interesting life, they typically just don't care. It's just a matter of somebody got something into their head, and they actually have the capability of doing it, and they want to do it. Like, uh, like, like the movie, Batman, the the newer Batman, the Joker with Heath, Heath Ledger. Oh, it's Dark Knight? Newer. Yeah, it's not newer. That's, like, some 10 years pe- old now. I know, that's what I said. But, uh, you know, some people just, just want to watch the world burn for no reason, no rhyme. They I know, I was going to ask, like, what do you think the motive is? Do it I just think they can. chaos. Yeah. Chaos is the motive. Yeah, just do it because they can. I mean, that's obviously, though, I think it's kind of like a, uh, someone saw, was like, man, I got into this bottle really easily, and then thought about it, and they're like, I got into this bottle really easily, and then did it, you know? Like, you see an opening, an opportunity, and they took it. Yeah. Like, it's shit. They should have done it. They're a fucking horrible person, but there should have been a freaking tamper thing on it to begin with. I mean, unless people were just so innocent back then. Also, this is what I thought about this entire case, okay? Don't get me wrong. 
Poison is terrible. But why is there not seals on ice cream? Like a couple months ago when the corona thing started, that girl was oh, looking at yeah, ice cream yeah, bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why the fuck is there not seals on ice cream? They do. They, they, they put the little plastic... But babe, no, some of them not don't. Not all of them. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, not on all like, of them. some of them do. But, like, if you buy, like, a big tub of ice cream, typically there's no seal on it. It's just a cap, and the frozen ice cream keeps the cap on. Yeah. Why the fuck is there not a seal on ice cream? That's just so much of a public safety issue. Yeah, but... Someone could cyanide ice cream. Baby, you could cyanide anything. Okay, but if there was a seal on it, you'd be way less likely to do it. These days, not even, not really even. These you days... You don't think that's weird that there's not a seal on ice cream? There should be a seal on most everything. Yeah, everything. Until we actually buy it, then we're going to be pissed that there's a seal on it. Well, yeah, sometimes I can't fat, get it off. we want ice cream now. Well, if it's those little plastic seals, those are pretty easy to take off. I don't know. I've, 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 I've fought with some of them. <laughs> I mean, I've fought with basically every seal. The worst <laughs> thing is when you buy scissors and you can't get the scissors out of the package. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. Or you buy a toy and it has like a million little twist ties on it. <laughs> Something. Yeah, whoever whoever thought about, huh, let's zip tie these scissors to do the freaking Oh, I hate cardboard. that. <laughs> I don't have anything to open it with. You have my scissors. Um, But, like, why is there not safety seals on ice cream? Someone please tell me because that bothered me this entire time. I've been thinking about it all day. A researcher's case all day. That's all I've been thinking about is how they're not seals on ice cream. And I think you just wanted ice cream. Uh, no, we have ice cream. I literally was just, like, thinking of that video that girl licking the ice cream tells her putting it back in the fridge. Yeah, yeah. But technically, in this case, I do not think it was the Unabomber or this lady who poisoned children trying to poison them. And I don't think it's anything like that. Um, I do think a lot of the copycats were kind of crazy. And that most of them did not actually use cyanide. They just tried to lace things, tamper with medicine, all kinds of deals. Like, some people used rat poison to try to poison people after this. I guess people had forgotten you can poison people. And then after this, everyone started doing it. That's not acceptable. But maybe it's because this guy got away with it. They were like... Huh, can't be that hard. They use horrible poisons. Yeah, and it was also something like hydrochloric acid was another one people used to like poison people with. And I was thinking that. Do you know what hydrochloric acid is? No. Hydrochloric acid. Salt? Hydrochloric acid is a very, very strong acid. We, and when I was going through. I was a chemical analyst for environmental yeah, testing. Yeah, but you don't company. have to sit here and judge me because I didn't yeah. know what it was. Uh, but not only that, but I was at uh, I was working Penn I was working at Penn State while I was going there for you know microbiology. We use hydrochloric acid to clean the uh, clean the glassware. It's it's a strong acid. Okay, well that's what people use to poison people after this happened. You don't poison them with it. Can you uh, die okay, from okay. it? Oh yeah. Oh, okay yeah. then. It's like okay um, inside car batteries. Okay. That that little liquid inside car batteries. I don't know what a car battery looks like. Oh my god, never mind. Anyways, normally that's a combination of sulfuric acid or hydrochloric acid is what they use. Okay, well, you know what? I, didn't feel, I feel judged now because you sat okay. here and made a judgy okay. face because I know what thing, it was. Some of those holes in my shirts yeah. are from hydrochloric acid. Well, honey, we need to talk about your wardrobe because half your shirts have holes in them. Yeah. And you won't get rid of them. Nope, they're good work shirts. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the rat poison and hyaluronic acid were like what people they, use to poison people the after hell this. How do they store it? In? Oh, they um, usually they try to liquefy it in like a drink. It's already a liquid. They put it in the drinks. I don't know. I didn't research 263 murders of how people poison people after they got inspired by the Tylenol murders. I just know that's what people used, and rat poison seems really easy to get. That would be actually kind of interesting because I mean, you, you could dilute the hydrochloric acid in a drink. I mean. I'm kind of curious to see how that would go. But where do you get it? From a car battery? Because I doubt some yeah, housewife is going in a car battery pretty for much. liquid. You, you could. Um, 
Of course, then again, most of that's actually sulfuric acid, not hydrochloric acid. But yeah, car like uh, back in the days before they came, like before batteries were sealed, they were refillable, and you could just buy the the the, the liquid, the liquid, which is basically. I mean, like I said, it's more so it was sulfuric acid, but but then again, it wasn't like a it wasn't like anything like a chem- chemical like chemistry grade. I mean, granted, yeah, it'll do the job, but it wasn't like. It wasn't pure. You know, I love how at the beginning of this episode, you were talking about uh, like how I could get away with murdering you, but you know all this shit. So really, you're the one we have to work out, like worry about here. Not me. I'm aware of my surroundings. You're dangerous. Yeah. Baby, you have no idea. <laughs> no idea what? The knowledge that I know. I know you know a bunch of random shit. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Random shit? I'll tell you when we're off air. Oh. Now I'm curious. Am I am I gonna be attracted by how well, dangerous it is? I can't. I can't have people, you know, calling cops on me. Um, but anyways, do you have anything else for today's case? Not really. All right. I mean, I think it was just a random guy. I, I yeah. doubt they'll ever catch him. I mean, AB two was forever ago. Yeah. I mean, he's probably dead now, anyways. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. think it's one guy or multiple? I think it was probably just one dude. I would have to. I would have to. I would have to dig into it and see what the like the area was. What how widespread the area? Like, is it just one or two? It was you in know, different stores. Yeah, it was they're all bought from different stores, but it was yeah, all the same in the same areas. area. Yeah. See, then yeah, I, I don't know. It, it could just be one person, could be a group. I mean, honestly, I lean towards one person only because one person, you know, you're way less likely to talk. You got yeah. people involved. You're going to talk more. That and well, no, because I was going to say that, and there would be more casualties just because there'd be more out there. Right. But I mean, with how like, fast that they caught it. Yeah. I think they did a good job with handling it. I mean, it. there probably was a ton that they captured off yeah. the shelves that hadn't been sold. But, you know, I wonder how many bottles are contaminated in total. See, that that would probably give us a good sign whether it was, you know, one or multiple. Yeah. And the fact that it was random people makes me think it's just some lunatic. Oh, yeah. A smart lunatic. I'll give them that. Smart, but lunatic. And also, thank you, lunatic, for having seals on shit now. Because why the fuck wasn't there a seal on to begin with? You're just coming back to that ice cream thing, aren't you? <laughs> I'm upset by it. Can we make a regulation on all food items having some kind of barrier? Put it in a box, okay? Ice cream uh, doesn't hey, come in a box. Hey, what about your fresh vegetables and stuff like that? I wash you could them. Easily in, you could easily inject yes, chemicals Yes, okay, into there's there. always a way you could die from everything, okay? There's always a way. Nowadays, we got needles skinny enough that you could pierce into like yogurts and ice cream tubs and everything that you could inject poisons in and it would, wouldn't leave much of a trace. Needles do come in small sizes. I'm still scared of them though. Anyways, thank you so much for joining me for today's case, honey. I'm here all the time. All right, bye.